Have you been thinking about wanting to start your own podcast? When I was trying to get the Evan Witt show off the ground, trying to find where to go, I had a lot of questions and trying to figure it out. And Anchor was the place to go. Easy to start, easy to use, and it's free. And you can get your podcast heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other great places that people like to listen. The answer, again, is Anchor. And I love using Anchor as it's extremely easy and simple and free to use. If you want to join me with Anchor on your podcast, then go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of all the podcasters that Anchor has to offer. I enjoy and cannot wait to start hearing your first podcast. That's anchor.fm slash start. Happy Sunday evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Sunday, December 9th, and... Lots to talk about. Very busy week for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Wisconsin Badgers a couple games this week. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, split one with the Warriors and the Raptors. And the Packers get the win today after their extremely busy week. Now, I did not unfortunately get a chance to record a episode following the Mike McCarthy firing. So... I am going to discuss that a little bit here tonight, as well as talk briefly on the Wisconsin-Marquette game, seeing a lot of people whining and complaining about the officiating in that game, which I'm going to, you know, kind of discuss right now. I can't blame the officials on why Wisconsin lost, um, and I'll get more into that in a minute. And the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Toronto Raptors 104 to 99 today and it was a group effort for the Milwaukee Bucks and that is what I will start at here today. Group effort for Milwaukee Bucks as the Bucks had Giannis Antetokounmpo in double figures at 19, Chris Middleton in double figures at 10, Brock Lopez in double figures at 19. Malcolm Brogdon, double figures at 18. Tony Snell, double figures at 10. And then Ersan Ilyasova put in, uh, contributed 9. And Eric Bledsoe contributed 9 as well. And Giannis with 16 rebounds too. The Bucks had a good team effort here today. Um, started out a little on the slow side, down 30-25 after 1, but picked it up in the second Quarter to go uh, to win that quarter, twenty six to nineteen. Won the third, twenty eight to twenty five. Going into the fourth quarter with the lead, and they do just enough in the fourth quarter to get the victory. Um, was it a pretty victory? Eh, but they beat probably the you know the the top team in the East at the moment, beating the Raptors for the second time this season. The first time without. Kawhi Leonard, this time with Leonard, and the Bucks were able to get the victory. And like I said, it was a team victory. It was a really good team victory as they had five people in double figures and two guys within a point of double figures. So great job by the Milwaukee Bucks getting the victory to improve to 17 and 18. And I just want to say with the Milwaukee Bucks, they are playing with a lot more energy than we've seen at all during the Jason Kidd era. Um, Now, they have had some hiccups, a 136-134 loss against the New York Knicks uh, on December 1st in overtime, uh, 110-107 loss against the Hornets. 
But overall, they've been playing extremely good basketball. And it's it's great to see. They beat the Pistons 115-92. to They beat the Bulls 116-113. to And they uh, lost to the Warriors 105-95. to And, you know, it could have been a better outcome for the game for the Bucks, But the, you know, Bucks gave it their best effort. And Golden State with Seth Curry back in the lineup is always a, a dangerous team. So... Milwaukee did make a trade, too, um, going into Friday night's game against the Warriors. They traded John Henson and uh, Daladova to Cleveland for George Hill and Sam Decker. And then they swapped Sam Decker to the Washington Wizards for, uh, I'm trying to pull up the name. Uh, Jason Smith, he's a a big uh, rebounder uh, guy who's going to just add some depth, probably not going to be anything special for Milwaukee, just a depth guy to get some rebounds off the bench, and uh, 7'240", and Bucks just got to work him into the rotation now, and... uh, you know, he averages three points a game, three rebounds. And then George Hill, 10 points a game, two assists. And he gives them some f- further depth at the at the uh, the point guard position. And the Bucks also clear, I believe it was $18 million in cap space in sending John Henson and Matthew Della Dova out. And that's going to clear some cap space moving forward for them to possibly make some moves in the in the off season, so it'll be exciting to see what the Bucks do there. Now, quickly jump to Wisconsin and Marquette. Wisconsin lost to the Golden Eagles, seventy-four sixty-nine in overtime, and I've seen a lot of people complaining about the officials um, that the officials screwed it, uh, screwed the uh, Wisconsin in the game. And did the officials call a great game? No, they didn't. Okay, I'm going to be honest here. The officials did not call a great game. However, if Wisconsin shoots better from the free throw line, they win it in regulation. They went 10 of 21 from the free throw line. They missed 11 free throws. They hit half of those. They win the game. They hit all of them. They they definitely win the game. And we don't go into overtime against Marquette. Wisconsin also played uncharacteristically sloppy from the start. I think they had six turnovers in like their first nine possessions or something like that. And that killed them. And then their lack of the three-point shot killed them too. Ethan Happ, great game, scoring 34 points. But they got to do better with free throws. They got to do better protecting the basketball. And they can't make these sloppy mistakes. If they try to make these sloppy mistakes against Michigan and Michigan State and those guys, they're going to have a tough time getting those W's. But Wisconsin did have some positives. Defensively, I think they played pretty well. Uh, They held Marquette to 35% shooting. Um, and they show that they're a team to be reckoned with, but they got to stop playing so sloppy. They cannot have the turnovers that they had against Marquette, and they can't have them as free throws. And again, if they make their free throws in regulation, we don't go into overtime. 
So yes, the official did not call a great game. I will give you that. Okay, I will. I will agree with that. But at the end of the day, you have to make your free throws. You can't shoot less than fifty percent from the free throw line and expect to win a game. And they didn't against Marquette. And Marquette, unfortunately, for another year, owns the state. And Wisconsin, we have to wait till next year to play Marquette again and hopefully win the state. So with that, hopefully the Badgers can bounce back, correct some of the mistakes. And one thing I would like to see, though, is a little bit more fire from the sidelines from Greg Gard. Uh Wojciechowski's a guy that's going to work the officials, push the officials a little bit, get on their case, uh, and argue and fight for cause. And Greg Gard too often just doesn't fight for his guys. He just kind of lets it happen, I guess would be the best way to say it. And that's a perfect segue into the Packer game today. Um, The Packers today... They have their interim coach, Joe Philbin, two times on the first drive of the game challenge calls that were questionable calls that should have been overturned, but they weren't. And that kind of set the tone that Joe Philbin's going to look out for his guys. And the Packers get the 34-20 win over the Atlanta Falcons. And for the first time all year, the Packers played four quarters of football. That was great to see. They finally played a complete game. The defense played outstanding most of the game. Clay Matthews was playing like uh, his old self, hair on fire. Brashad Breeland had a pick six, read the pass perfectly. Packers sent, uh, sent pressure on the defensive right side, the offensive left side. Matt Ryan looks to his hot routes, uh, stares him down in Hooper. And Breland jumps the route, intercepts it, takes it in for six, and the Packers score on a pick six to make it a 17 to seven game. And then Breland recovers a fumble on a, a bad snap later in the game when the Falcons are driving to try to score. And the Packers went 34 to 20. And aside from Clay Matthews, Kenny Clark had some great moments in the game. Alexander struggled a little bit covering Julio Jones, but Julio Jones is one of the best in the uh, in the NFL for a reason. And Tony Brown played an outstanding game, in my opinion. And the Packers played great on all three levels. Crosby hit a couple of uh, field goals. Special teams tackled well. The only concern on special teams is Jari Alexander had a couple muffs on his... Uh, on his punt returns, and that's something to be worried about. And the Packers much better on third down, too. Um, Third down have been the Packers' Achilles heel most of the time, mostly this season, and the Packers much better on third down, and they get to win over Atlanta. And the Packers just seem to be more relaxed. They seem to be more comfortable playing this week. And I guess... When the pressure's off, the questions of will they, won't they let go of Mike McCarthy nonstop for the past couple weeks, and Mike McCarthy lost the team, all that for the past couple weeks, I guess when that is no longer an issue because you let Mike McCarthy go, 
you play a little bit more loose, and they played a lot more discipline too. They played the scheme that was uh, was called. They executed the scheme, and they got the victory. And it sucks that it took Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Mike McCarthy being let go for the scheme to to work, but. Aaron Rodgers looked a lot more lax to me. He looked like he was having fun. And then we saw on the sideline him and uh, Joe Philbin talking to each other uh, at, at some points in between series, and that was great to see. So, But with Mike McCarthy gone, I've gotten the question all week. Did the Packers do the right thing? Shouldn't they have let him play out the final four games? Uh, and at first, last week when I heard the news and... I was basically wondering why not let him play out the final four games. And then I got to thinking about it. Letting him go was the right thing to do at this time. They just played an awful, awful game against one of the worst teams in the league in Arizona. Uninspired, lazy, sloppy football. Rodgers probably played his worst game of the year. And the team just looked like they lacked motivation. It was the right time to make the move. And you save McCarthy and the Packers, the nonstop questions of, will they fire him? Has he lost a team? What's wrong with the Packers? Is there a rift between Rodgers and McCarthy? You basically end all that. And McCarthy was a great coach for the Packers. You know, don't, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. He won 25-77-2 since he took over in 2006 with a Super Bowl victory and a few NFC Championship game appearances in there as well. And they've fallen just short of the Super Bowl a couple of times. I know the Super Bowl is the ultimate goal, but winning a Super Bowl is tough. You don't win the Super Bowl every year. The only current active coach in the NFL with multiple Super Bowl wins is Bill Belichick. No other coach in the NFL has multiple Super Bowl victories. And... Belichick's been around for 20 years, and he, it's not it's an anomaly, and you don't see that happen very long, that a coach can stay in one place for so long and keep being successful year after year after year, and that's what you're seeing in, uh, in New England. So, McCarthy, what's his legacy in Green Bay? Well, to me, his legacy in Green Bay is most uh, mostly success. He had a lot of successful time in Green Bay, but it was time for him to go. What you saw a lot of McCarthy this his uh, this past couple years in Green Bay is what you saw with Andy Reid in Philadelphia. It was just time for a fresh voice in the locker room. You know, it's hard being an offensive guy and you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers to keep him challenged and keep pushing him and motivating him year after year. And I I heard this analogy on the radio the other day coming home from work. Think of mentor-mentee. Eventually, the mentor-mentee tends to have a falling out because the the mentee is not the same person uh, anymore that... Isn't it the same person anymore that when the mentor started working with the mentee? And the mentor has a hard time seeing that. And Rodgers didn't need Mike McCarthy anymore to be successful. In fact, from what I've heard and read, he was changing a lot of the the plays that McCarthy sent in and was not running the offense. 
And it was just time to let him go. But he doesn't excuse, it doesn't change the fact that he's a great football coach. Brett Favre had a couple great years under McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers played some of his best football under McCarthy. You go back to New Orleans, Aaron Brooks had two great years under Mike McCarthy. So it's not just Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers that made McCarthy. You can go back to his tenure in New Orleans and see that he is a good quarterback guy. And best of luck to Mike McCarthy wherever he goes. And he won't be forgotten. Classy guy, represented the Green Bay Packers the right way um, for many, many years. This was year 13. And he never... He never, uh, you know, did anything to embarrass the Packer uh, organization. He, you know, he, he did it the right way when the Packers let him go, too. He didn't say anything that would embarrass the organization. He did it the right way. He took out a whole-page ad in the paper thanking Green Bay and the community and the fans. And he's been to the uh, headquarter, uh, Packer headquarters twice speaking to the team and the coaches that from uh, just let him go. And will McCarthy take a year off? I don't know. But McCarthy has the right to take a year off he wants, and he has the right to start coaching immediately if he wants. But somebody in the NFL, and Mike McCarthy's ready to be on an NFL sidelines again, is going to get a hell of a football coach. And you're not going to convince me otherwise. McCarthy was a great coach. It was just time for the Packers to let him go. And now the question is, who replaces Mike McCarthy as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers? Um, Some names that have been thrown out there is Jim and John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has already said that he's not leaving Michigan. With the reinsurgence of the Ravens and likely looking like a potential playoff berth with the Steelers fading, would he leave? Uh, would they let him go? I don't know. Uh, Josh McDaniels being thrown around out there, but a lot of question marks around McDaniels. He failed in Denver, um, and he had a chance to be head coach in Indianapolis this year, but bailed on the team in the last minute and went back to New England. Is he really wanting to go? I don't know. John D. Filippo, um, Vikings offensive coordinator, a name that's been thrown around. I think that would be a good move. The offense in Minnesota has not been lighting it up like Viking fans and the Viking organization probably thought it would when they stole him away from Philadelphia. But he's a, I think he's a really good offensive mind. Chris Richard, Cowboys passing game coordinator and defensive backs coach. He's, uh, he's had a big uh, reason why the uh the, the Cowboys defense has been playing such great football as of late. Just 39, you're beginning a young defensive mind. Matt LaFleur, Titans offensive coordinator, 39. Uh, he's an experienced NFL coach. Uh, has also been across the college levels, coming from Mike Shanahan coaching tree. Um, Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs offensive coordinator, is a name that's been thrown around. Uh, he's probably my favorite in regards to the NFL coordinators, John Harbaugh would be my dream. I would love John Harbaugh in Green Bay. The enemy would be my top coordinator. Um, Pete Carmichael Jr., Saints offensive coordinator, is a name that's been thrown out there. I would be okay with that. Gary Kubiak, who I would not really want. He uh, left the sideline due to some health concerns, health issues with his heart. 
I don't know if I'd want him coaching on my sideline. Ron Rivera, he's probably on his way out in Carolina. They could always uh, bring him into Green Bay as a retread. I've seen Jeff Tedford thrown around, uh, Rodgers quarterback, uh, college coach at Cal. Um, has led Fresno State to 21-6 and six the last two seasons. Lincoln Riley I've seen. I'm not a fan of Lincoln Riley coming to Green Bay at this point. He's only been a head coach for two years in, col- in, in college, never been around an NFL facility as a coach. Um, I know people want to throw Sean McVay uh, in comparisons to him being a quick uh ascending guy in the coaching ranks but the thing with McVeigh is he was an NFL coach he's been an NFL coach for 10 years not a head coach obviously but he's been around NFL teams for like 10 years prior to uh uh you know but for many years prior to getting the uh, Rams head coaching job um if I want to go college route there's really one name that really stands out to me and that's David Shaw I look at David Shaw and I see a guy that could be another Bill Walsh, Tony Dungy, Denny Green uh, type guy coming from the college ranks to the professional ranks and doing it really good, you know, do, and not having much issue with the transition. The thing you risk with a college guy is how does that translate to the NFL? And I think David Shaw, who has done, I think, everything he can possibly do at at Stanford, I think it's time for I think it's time for Shaw to take that next step, and I would be okay if the Packers were to make a move on David Shaw. So those are my top choices: David Shaw, Eric Bieniemy, and John John Harbaugh. Those are my top three choices that I would like in Green Bay. The Packers are likely going to go with uh, NFL assistant, offensive coordinator, quarterback type coach. Uh, to come in like they did with Mike Holmgren and like they did with um like they did with Mike Sherman, like they did with Mike McCarthy, a offensive assistant minded coach to continue to work with Rodgers and go from there. I hope whoever comes in, if it's an offensive guy, they consider keeping Mike Petton there. I think the defense has done great made great strides with Mike Petton. Um, they are communicating better. They're in position more and more. They've just had a lot of injuries that have helped, uh, helped, uh, have kind of limited what the Packers and what Petten can do defensively. But I think you bring Petten back if you don't bring in a defensive coach. And my sleeper candidate, I forgot to mention, um, and I know a lot of people are going to like scream at the top of their lungs, no, not a chance in hell. But I would be okay with bringing Rex Ryan in. And here's why. You know, Rex Ryan took two Jet teams to the AFC Championship game with Mark frickin' Sanchez as his quarterback. He's never had a top-notch quarterback. And his teams, especially the defense, always competitive. You know, you look at 2010, the Packers-Jets final score, I think it was like 9-6 to or 9 to nothing, something like that. The Jets' defense dominated that game. They made Rodgers look pedestrian, and they just completely dominated that game. And I think you put Rex Ryan in here, Mike Pettin stays, bringing an offensive, uh, young offensive assistant to run the offense. 
and you have the potential for a pretty dangerous team. Um, but that that's that's kind of my wish, my dream can uh, wish candidate. I know it's not a chance in hell. Rex Ryan comes to Green Bay because the Packers are likely going to go with an offensive guy. But that's who I would like. So who would you like to be the Packers' next head football coach? Tweet at me at Co- at Evan Witt Sports. That's at Evan Witt Sports. Send me a tweet and let me know um, who would you like to see as your next coach. And thank you for listening. As always, this show is brought to you by Evan Witt Fitness, Strong Enough Fitness. If you're looking to want to get healthy, lose some weight, eat healthier, but uh Going into the new year, let me know. I'm here to help you. Coach Evan66 at gmail.com. Hope you all have a great rest of your Sunday, and I'll be back next week, hopefully, talking about another Packer victory. This is Evan Wattallison signing off.